Hey, this is Stories I Didn't Get to Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister, and this is the new Journey Fellowship Church podcast. And we are joined today by Luis Padilla and Al Charche, uh, great friends of mine, but also pastors on our staff. And we're going to just have a little conversation about uh, world travel, about church planting, about UFOs, and <laughs> all kinds of others. We were just talking about, you know, of all the crazy things going on in the world right now, our government just released actual footage of real UFOs, and nobody's talking about it. Don't worry about it. Ah, don't even worry about worry that. About it. It's big stuff going on, yeah. man. You know, all that conspiracy theory stuff y'all thought. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's real. It's real. We, <laughs> we didn't want to tell talk about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the point in hand today is uh, we've all had some opportunities to travel and preach the gospel in other countries. And, you know, that is the Great Commission. And, you know, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20 Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And, you know, uh, that is our uh, great commission from, uh, from Jesus and to the church. And it's still the leading cause of our fellowship today is to tell every person about Jesus. So uh, I want to just tell some stories. Um, the first trip I ever took uh, on an outreach, I was probably 19 or 20 years old. I was real young. I forget exactly. But I went to uh, to Mexico with our church, and we went to, uh, uh, what city were we in? Um, not Monterey. Is there another M city close by Monterey? Come on. Mexico ahead. City? Yeah, no, it's too big. Uh, Montezuma. Uh, I went to Mont <laughs> Montezuma. I got, some I got some revenge there. Uh, uh, um, I went to Monterey. We went to Mozzalon. Mozzarella. Uh, yeah, no, that's an it's in Italy. My yeah. Bad. So anyway, my first my first experience to go uh, to another country was uh, to Mexico for a week, and I think it really just opened my eyes to uh, how many people there are on the planet. Yeah. You know, it's just it changes your perspective. You know, travel, international travel, has a way of opening your eyes to. Uh, God's love for for the world because He loves all people, every tribe, every nation, yeah. every people. You know, Re Revelation yes, seven, that scripture always stands out to me. Jesus, you know, was on His throne and John was a witness, uh, and He said, "And I saw a great crowd, yes. too great to number, mm -hmm. and they were from every tribe, every nation, every language, and every people, mm -hmm. and they were all saying one thing: Worthy is the Lamb." Man, so Luis, I want you to just—you've been all over the world, just. Pick a story at random, and let's talk about what God did or what happened to you there. Well, I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite stories, okay. uh, and it happened in, in Salta. And um, I think I was sharing with you in Argentina. Argentina sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I was sharing with you, Pastor Al, about um, just that time that uh, in that gang, you know, that gang-related, yeah. gang-infested area we were in, and we were trying to open up a, a church there, and so we were doing door-to-door -door visitation, kind of just invited people to the crusade and, yeah. and the campaign that night. And so basically, we do out outdoor events. Yeah, we do. We have church outside. When you don't have a church building, you have church outside. <laughs> Everything's a church. Yeah. And so I, I told uh, I told the pastor. I said, "Look, I think uh, this area. There's no other churches in the area. We should just go impact." And he said, "No, you don't want to go there." Yeah. I said, "Why not? Because it's crime infested. You don't yeah. want to go there." Yeah. I said, "Well, that's where we need to be. That's exactly where the gospel so, should be." Right. And so we went, and um, and when we were doing the visitations, um, the team was telling me, "Hey, listen, uh, don't get away from us. 
because if you go in a bad spot, you know, not even the cops will come get you. Wow. It's that bad. So that's no problem. But eventually, you know, whilst we were knocking on doors, I lost track of the team. Yeah. Of course you did. So I went and got I went and got him something to drink. And then I couldn't find Let me just get a drink. I'm lost yeah. in this crime Eggs. neighborhood. Let's go have a soft drink. Yeah. And so I, I took a, a wrong turn. Yeah. Literally took a wrong turn and it landed me in front of the very spot they told me not to go in. Wow. The, the red area, right? Wow. And so the red district. And so I made it there and uh I could see a, a dozen or so teenagers, man, but you could just tell that they had been, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, dealing with things yeah needles on the ground man trash infested dogs doing their business on the street it's just horrible it's horrible but they were there listening to their music in the middle of the day yeah um and so they said look if you see uh guys with uh their eyes tattooed um yeah that that, that's a sign that they're a member of a of a violent crime of a violent uh, gang wow Uh, and so these guys had that uh, was it like teardrops or what? Teardrops. Yeah. A teardrop. That signified that they'd killed someone? It signified that every crime they commit, they yeah. go and tattoo it on their eyes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so you would see a couple of different drops on their eyes. I see. Yeah. They slice their wrist, you know, in front of St. Death and all of that before yeah. they go do all of that. Wow. And so I saw the group, uh, and the Lord said, and I just said, Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to serve you this far. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. Yes, come get me, but Jesus. But I made it that far. I wasn't going to back down. Yeah. You know, so I just prayed, and I went and talked to them. And as I got co- closer to them, it was just like it was just like a fire growing in me, man. It was just like revelation was coming to yeah. me. And I began to talk to the first guy. And as soon as I did, the guy that was sitting out stood up. Yeah. And I could tell he was, the, he was the... He was the leader. He was the man. Yeah. You know, he was the boss. Long story short... Uh, the Lord began to give me revelation about him. Hmm. And the Lord was just saying, hey, just ask him if he would be willing for me to adopt him today. I want to adopt him today. Hmm. I want him to be my son. Just ask him if he'll be willing to to accept my invitation. And just like that, man, I ignore everything around me because they were checking on me, you know, if I had drugs or they probably thought I was a drug. They did think I was a drug lord. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, happens often when people see you. Clearly, he's a drug <laughs> You look like a thug. What well, well, business you have been here? <laughs> anyway, and then I just shared the gospel with him. And the moment he heard everything, man, that invitation to, to receive salvation, he just told all the other guys, he said, Look, y'all kneel down in front of this little priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, y'all all repeat what we're going to say together. And they all received Christ. They all received the gospel message. Wow. Right spot, Did you ask him the question, does he want to be adopted? Yes, yes. I just said, hey, listen, man. I said, hey, I, I know I know your dad left you. And, uh, and wow. you're looking for that love. That was a word of wisdom yeah, you had for him. Yeah, a word of wisdom. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and the Lord said, yeah, just talk to him about um, yeah. that he's fatherless. And I would like to adopt him. And I said, look, today the Lord wants to adopt you. Wow. Father, there's a father God in heaven that wants to adopt you today. Would Dude. you be willing to accept that invitation? And man, he started crying, man. Wow. Started crying. So a big buff guy, you know, in the middle of the street, in his territory, you know. Got on his easily, knees and followed Jesus. Yeah, could easily put me in a room and yeah. <laughs> did yeah. whatever, but. And, and we still be saying, where's the Luis? <laughs> right. Yeah. He went with Jesus. In yeah, Argentina. he's with Jesus. But anyway. So the whole that, gang got saved. The Everybody. whole gang got saved. Man. man. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think it's just Okay, this end of the show. I can't top that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Everything. Yeah, why are we even here now? That's a great story, man. But, but eventually, uh, with that, too, though, you know, we, we ended up planning a church there. Yeah. And they never came. They would, wow. they would, they would watch me or listen to me from outside of the yeah. tent. But yeah. they would never go in because there were other members of the gang there. there and they don't mix. You yeah. Know? Wow. But, uh, but their mother is one of our leaders there. 
That's amazing, man. Yeah, because she called the cops on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now she's the leader in your church there. She's the leader of a church. Wow. Right What's that church called? It's uh, as an extension of the um, New Life. Oh, is it? It's, it's, new life. it's like uh -huh. an outreach for New Life, man. That, that's so good. Yeah. You know, at Journey, we've always taken short-term missions trips. And I think we've been on a close to about 100. Is that right? I have no idea. Yeah, I think. Lot. Yeah, I think I think Ken told me that they count like ninety or ninety-one wow. yeah. on different short-term trips. So you know, we really believe that once a person goes international and sees the cause firsthand, it opens their heart to the Great Commission. You know, yes. so we've had a chance to you know I think we've been in like 30, 30 different nations wow. over the the last twenty-five years or so. You know, so it's been you know a part of our DNA. You know, uh, since. In fact, before we planted Journey, Rachel and I were uh, short-term missions leaders. We, we and our, one of our jobs at the church was to take teams from the congregation to uh, short-term trips. You know, and um, one of the trips we were in uh, in Amsterdam, and that's where God spoke to Rachel and I both to plant the church that we are at now Journey. So it it started on the mission field. Wow. Yeah. We were in we were standing at a YWAM base. Uh, in Amsterdam, it was late at night. We did a full day's ministry. We were worn out, and we were in the red light district that night. And the red light district in uh, Amsterdam is where all of the, uh, the the drugs and the prostitution, which is all legal, mm -hmm. uh, operates. You know, until you know all, all night long. So we were there. You know, it was a brutal night, man, and we were just worn out. And Rachel and I went back to our room, and we were talking, and we, both of us had the same exact sensing in our spirit that we were supposed to plant a church and we didn't really weren't able to verbalize it or even know exactly what it meant but that's where the initial seed was planted you know i think god does that a lot as we're taking care of his business yeah. he's always taking care of our business that's and good, al you went to russia a few years ago yep so why don't you tell us uh, a story or two yeah about spending some time in in russia yeah, well, that was unique in the sense that it wasn't necessarily a mission trip, but the, the school that I was working for in the past, so currently you guys know, uh, obviously I'm on staff with Journey, but also work for Bridges Christian College. Right. But uh, in the past, for about seven years, I was working for another school, and I was academically advising students and mentoring students and recruiting students as well, and the school was opening up locations literally all over the, the world. And uh, it just so happened to be they were opening up three locations at the same time, and they didn't have enough people to go. Uh, so I think there was one like in Ethiopia, somewhere in Europe, and then one in Russia. And you, know, they, you drew the Russia card. Yeah, they they, they said, uh, hey, we don't want to go to Siberia. Do you want to go? And I, was, I was like, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, you giving me a credit card. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, it wasn't Siberia, but it was Kazan, Russia, was where yeah. they they sent me to go and uh, meet the uh, pastor there. Yeah. And, his church and the students that were interested in the school and all that. Yeah. Thing. So I was going to prepare them and to launch that new cohort there. Yeah. But um, it's literally traveling to Russia. I had about a, a five week notice. So yeah. it was like, here you go. Here's your opportunity. Do you want to go? And so very quickly, like I live in Slidell, Louisiana. I have no winter clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the proper socks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking turtleneck. To, yeah, I'm something. Talk, I'm yeah. talking to Pastor Ken. He's yeah. from Michigan. I'm like, I need to borrow your coat. Bro. <laughs> you have any mittens? You have gloves. <laughs> I, need, I need some. I don't even know what I'm supposed to have. Yeah. What so, is cold? Yeah. yeah. So I quickly had to pull together everything I needed, get the passport and uh, and visa and whatnot. You had a passport in five weeks. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. Wow. 
Yes. That's, ex- that's, that's a miracle, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, uh, so God was was. We believe that God was definitely in it. But you know, on the the funny side of things, I um, you know I'm traveling to a foreign country. I literally I'm alone. Yeah. So I don't have anybody else with me. Which is a horrible way to travel, man. I'm traveling from here to um, to Istanbul. I had a layover in Istanbul, and then another I think six hour flight. So it's like twelve hours to Istanbul, and then another six hours to um to kazan russia man so uh, trace that again she started in new orleans started in new orleans i think we went from new orleans to dallas and then from dallas to istanbul and then from istanbul to to kazan russia man so when we landed in istanbul first of all we land in istanbul and they stopped the plane in the middle of the tarmac, and then we got to walk like six blocks yeah. across the runway. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Any other planes coming? No, it was, like, it was the craziest thing. And yeah. I don't speak any of the languages around, so I'm literally so you literally just follow the crowd. That's in Turkey, right? Correct. Istanbul, yeah. So yeah. So I'm following the crowd, and then uh, so I'm I'm kind of following the crowd and following the numbers and hoping I don't get lost in the mix of everything here. So I've got a few hours where you where there's a layover, and you you know I. Speak immediately I'm not doing anything other than finding out the terminal I'm supposed to be at yeah and I'm going there and I'm gonna park myself there and I'm gonna be there until I'm supposed to get on the plane and I ain't moving because yeah. I don't <laughs> want to take a chance of anything going south oh, we'll get right? lost this alone right? and then, yeah. yeah so um, so I make it to where I'm supposed to be and you know you pull out the laptop you start doing some work and, and inevitably you get to know to some extent the people who are around yeah. you yeah yeah and there are two guys who are sitting across from me who are uh, just slamming down the beers. <laughs> I mean, I mean there we go. And they're getting louder yeah. and they're having more and more. They're fun. partying, man. Oh, man, they were having a blast. Yeah. And uh, so at some point, I'm talking a few hours had gone by. Um, at some point, these guys all of a sudden, like they're no longer laughing and, and clowning around yeah. they're very concerned and they're talking their voice is elevated their eyes are open they can't believe what's going on they're quickly gathering their things and i'm going hey hey hey, hey. what's going on hey, am i missing something because i don't understand what was what's being said on the loudspeaker it's the world isn't it? what's they're going saying on? something i should be aware of something yeah. gonna blow up yeah, yeah. So they I'm know just, something i don't know clearly yeah. so i'm just going i'm literally saying hey, hey what's going on what's going on and he said uh you american i was like yes he's like you going to russia i was like yes he was like you follow me so i'm following these drunk oh guys. sure great decision i'm just running they so you don't even know. I don't You're know. American. Yeah, that was obviously. Yeah. That was so wild. So we're so we're running wow. to the opposite side of the airport. It was some young woman, two Russian guys, a little bit older than me, very drunk. Yeah. And uh, and then me running. Th- we're all running through the airport. We get to where we're supposed to be to uh, get on the uh, you know the, the plane is about to be boarding in like ten minutes yeah. and we get to where we're supposed to be and we're all out of breath and we're huffing and puffing and we're high-fiving one another we made it we made it and the the lady who's about to let us on the plane in a few moments she's like what's going on here with these crazy guys so the guy leans down and he reaches into his bag and he pulls up this big giant bottle of vodka and he says we will drink we will drink brother he wants to celebrate that we made the plane and i so so i'm like no no I, i don't drink i don't drink and he's he's looking around like yeah 
Are you American? Why would you not drink? Yeah. And I said, no, no, I used to drink, but I don't drink anymore. I'm I'm Christian. And and he said, oh, I'm Christian too. We we will drink. We will drink. (laughs) And I said, no. So I I had an opportunity to to share my faith and how I had overcome addiction in the past and how Christ had set me free. Um, But then he he hilariously said... uh, he still made a point, like, when we get on the plane, he said, we will drink vodka, you can drink the milk. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to drink a shit, he was going to give me a shot of milk while he, they all drank He wanted vodka. you in the celebration, So milk man. is following you there. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we got on the plane, this dude lit up a cigarette. We're on a plane to Russia, he's smoking a cigarette, they're drinking, drinking vodka. shots of vodka. It's wild. It's a whole, literally a whole nother world. So. Uh, yeah, Istanbul. <laughs> when we were there, so, you know, the point of being there was to establish a cohort for the Bible College, right. interview the students, prepare right. their um, new cohort advisor, make sure he was trained properly over yeah. those few days, and um, make sure they had all the tools they needed to succeed. Yeah. So it was literally, you know, 12 to 14 hour days, yeah. early in the morning until late at night. Yeah. And they took really good care of me for the most part. But there was one for the day, most part, there was one day Except we did. Yeah. Well, there was one day we didn't. I had done interviews all day. I did two different teaching sessions. You know, it was just a really packed day, yeah. and um, we didn't eat lunch that day. We didn't stop for lunch. So when yeah. I got back to the hotel that night, it was probably ten o'clock at night, and um, and I was just going to go to bed. It was you know, you go without meals often. So yeah. you're like you're going to go to bed. So I went and laid down, and you know. You know how it is. Your stomach's rumbling like, no, this ain't going to go away. Uh, I've got to get something to gotta eat. Got to solve this problem. So in the in the hotel, there was a uh, there was a restaurant downstairs on the ground floor. And I figured, okay, well, I, yeah, I'm alone. Yeah, I'm yeah. in Russia. But I'm not leaving the hotel. I'm just going to go into the uh, into the restaurant. So I went downstairs and um, asked the hostess. I said, hey, just a table for one. And as I spoke and said a table for one, there was a table off to my left with a couple of guys who were having a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had been drinking a little vodka. So what you're saying is a party That's in a Russia. Common treat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the guy immediately hears that I'm, I'm American and he says, oh, American, American, you will have dinner with us. And I said, no, no, I, I appreciate the offer. And he said, we insist, we insist, we buy you steak. And I'm saying, well, I do like steak. <laughs> So I'm lured to have dinner with these Russians whom I don't know by a steak. That's how hungry I was. So I I sat down with these guys. And um, so I know this sounds like the setup to a joke. But in all honesty, you know, they're drinking. And again, I start to tell them, like, why I don't drink. Hey, I I I used to have addictions. I gave myself my life to Christ. I've been set free, and they still couldn't understand. Like your mm. your wife is not here. <laughs> like I, I was alone yeah. in a foreign country, and I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. And your wife wasn't enforcing were, it for real. That's yeah. that was the, that like I was blowing their minds. So when yeah. I, I I said I'm a Christian, one of the guys said, "Well, I'm a Christian." So he's an Orthodox Christian. Another guy was um, agnostic. Yeah. Didn't believe didn't didn't believe there was proof one way or another if there was a god. And then there was another guy who was Muslim. Yeah. So they're all drinking vodka. Yeah, they're all three eating, musketeers, they're, bro. They're all eating all these types of food. So <laughs> I found awesome. out they work together. Yeah. They're um, they work for one guy worked for Coca Cola and they they all work together in different yeah. ways. And um, what was interesting about that whole affair was that while they're drinking, while they're partying and having fun, and, and they were all super kind and courteous to me. We were t- this was before Donald Trump was elected president, so he was running for president. We were talking about 
Putin. We're mm-hmm. talking about Trump. We're talking about wor- all the things going on in the world. Talking right. about our faith. And the major difference between um, our faith as Christians, as followers of Christ, and where they were, even the Orthodox Christian and the Muslim man, um, before anything else, they said, first and foremost, we are Russian. Mm-hmm. Then I am a Christian. Wow. 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 First, I am a Russian. Right. Then I am Muslim. And that's how the Muslims and the, um, the Christians there or any other sect of yeah. religion were able to get along because they put their, their, um, their faith essentially in their government and in Putin yeah. before any other thing. Wow. And me, being a Christian, I place my faith in Christ First. and my Christianity above every other thing. Right. So it's just a very unique dynamic sitting there at that table. Um, yeah. I didn't lead a gang leader to Christ. Yeah. I did, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. But it was still a unique opportunity just to see the differences in you know, in philosophies and ways of thinking across the globe yeah. where people, so many people will claim to be Christian, but they'll, they'll place their Christianity on a back burner and place their nationality yeah. before that. Yeah. So what you're saying is a Muslim, a Christian, and an agnostic walked into a bar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and they met a white boy from nice America up, who, nice would, who wouldn't drink. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it has yeah. all the traffic. All the joke needs is a punchline, right. man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, was, it yeah. actually happened. And yeah. you know, I could show you the photo of this guy. He is by far the most Russian-looking man you've ever seen in wow. your life. Completely bald head, just a big square jaw. Yeah. But the guys, were, everybody was super He could have cool. been on a James Bond movie. Yeah. Everybody was yeah. super cool. Cool. But then again, uh, you never know. You just never know what happens out yeah. of a conversation like that. That's because, so true. you know, uh, just like that parable Jesus mentioned, right, that the, 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 that uh, a small amount of flour will permeate the entire dough. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the gospel is, you know. You just yeah. don't know that, that the Father is always at work, you know, taking yeah. any 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 kind of evidence or, or or effort of the gospel, and he's permeating it in the dough, you know? And yeah. so I, I st- even though I didn't see what happened or the results of the fruit, I still believe that was a divine appointment. Absolutely. 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 You know, the, there are no accidents, in my opinion. When we're in the will of God, nothing but the will of God happens yeah. to us. Yeah. So I believe it was the will of God for me to be there. I believe it was the will of God for me to be downstairs mm-hmm. at that moment, having yeah. dinner with those guys, sowing yeah. those seeds. Yeah. Because, again, that was right. mind-blowing to them that a, a, a man traveling without his wife would not be drinking yeah. or yeah. partying but, or... But, but I think that speaks about uh, where, where we at as a nation today, too, yeah. uh, because, you know, people uh, complain about uh, the state of our country, and rightly so. But I'm saying is if we, like Pastor was saying yesterday in the sermon, if we only do our part, if every single one of us, well, you know, followers of Christ would do our part and live in the gospel out, mm. right? Because yeah. that's what it's about. It's not about... Yeah, a meeting on a particular day right. and singing the right things to the right tune and yeah. right. listening quietly and then orderly going back to your mess. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's about living the message out in your life. And I think that yeah. as a country um, that we see it in, in, in shambles, right, or whatever, but if we, each of us took it seriously yeah. to have conversations with people that we yeah. don't agree with, Right, mm-hmm. they right. don't look like us, don't sound like us. Yeah, but if we, in a loving conversation, just live out, just live out Christ to yeah. them, man. Yeah. I think that I think that that's the Father can take that though, that 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 so, that flower and permeate it in yeah. the entire so dough of a nation. You know, Luis. You know, and I don't know. You might not even know, Pastor, but Lu, you're the guy like who instilled that hunger and thirst for the yeah. lost yeah. in me. I remember. You know, that. so taking me out to do evangelism, bringing mm-hmm. me to to the prisons and, and teaching me. I remember the first time you said, "Hey, you want to come to the prison with me?" I was like, "Bro, I just got out." Of- <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm not volunteering to go back. I don't want to go back. I 
don't know. I, you know, and, and Luis said, uh, I said, I don't know what the, I, I was newly saved, just home from rehab, um, but but God was stirring in my heart. Yeah. And Luis said, just come with me. You know, and it was one of those things that's where it's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't barely understand the gospel myself. Right. Yeah. But Luis said, just come with me. Yeah, and be a part of, of what I'm doing. And I just walked with you, watched how you interacted with people, listened how you interacted with people. Yeah. And um, after a couple of, we had, so we had J9 at that time, Journey yeah. Ninth Ward. And um, after we were going down there, there were about 10 or 12 of us, me, you, mm-hmm. and Sean, and a few others were going down every mm-hmm. weekend. Greg. And Greg was down there. That's right. Least, yeah. So we were going down there every weekend, and we were, we were just doing evangelism around the church in the Ninth Ward. And um, I remember one weekend specifically. So for those, you guys might not know, I used to buy drugs in the Ninth Ward. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I'm going back with this group of people from Slido from Journey to the Ninth Ward. And Jen was more than a little bit uneasy about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. For good reason. But, you know, yeah. she knows Luis and trusts Luis yeah. and everybody else. So it's like, okay, well, you're with a crowd of people. Yeah. You're not going to be disappearing. Right. Well, one, one Friday night, we're going to go out. Luis is sick. Yeah. He's not going to go. Sean has a family event. He's not going to go. Greg yeah. canceled. There's a kid's birthday party. Something was going on with everybody. And yeah. I had fasted the day or two prior to that Friday night Yeah. and really believed I'm supposed to go. We're supposed to live it out, mm-hmm. as you just said a moment ago. And um, so Pastor Robert is going to meet us all down there. Every, one by one, the phone's ringing. Everybody's canceling. We're not going. We're not going. We're not going. So now I'm sitting there telling Jen, hey, babe. I'm going by myself. I'm going to the oh, night. Oh no, you're wow. not, boy. Wow. And I'm going. I'm going to do some evangelism That's by awesome. myself. Yeah. And she, and she and I just told her. I said, "Listen, I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, this is the will of God. This is where I'm supposed to be." And uh, so after about a, if, now, just for clarity, if she would have been completely against it, sure. like no, I would have honored her and I would not have gone. Right. But after having a heartfelt conversation, she believed that the Holy Spirit was in it. Yeah. Yes, so I uh, so I did. I went down. Yeah. I met Pastor Robert at J9. And when I walked in, so literally there were a dozen of us who were going every week. And all of a sudden, it's just me walking in. And I, I promise you, Pastor Robert said, I was hoping you would cancel too. I was tired. <laughs> I was ready to go home. He was just being honest. I was hoping you would. <laughs> he was like, I thought you was. So now, now because I I'm there, like we, we have to go. Yeah. And so now I'm feeling like, oh, geez, shit, did I miss it? Am yeah. I forcing something? So Pastor Robert and I, we, stood, we prayed for about 30 minutes together there in the NJ9 alone. We walked out of the church. We made it about two blocks. Yeah. There's a woman sitting on the stoop on, on the corner of St. Claude waiting for the bus. And um, we walked up, started sharing my testimony with her. The bus came and left. She wasn't getting on that bus. Wow. Fully involved in our conversation mm. right then and there. Mm. Gave her life to Christ. The next, the next Sunday, she went to J9. Teen Challenge. We talk about divine appointments. Man. Teen Challenge was there at wow. J9 that wow. Sunday. Wow. She didn't even go back home to get her clothes. She left that She went straight to Teen Challenge that Sunday. Come on, So those divine appointments, when we as people of God are just living out our faith, when we're living in the will of God, sharing our faith, Mm. loving one another, acting the way that the Bible tells us clearly we're supposed to act, people's lives are changed. Right. Uh, Thanks for being nice, man, but the Holy Spirit was already upon you. I just want to be your friend and help in whatever way I can, bro. You know, sometimes we learn things on missions trips that we didn't intend to learn. Yeah. And things happened that we didn't plan. And I think maybe those things may be the real reason we went anyway, yeah. you know, because man makes his plans, but God orders his steps, you know. And I think that's true, especially when you step out, when you go to, uh, you know, Russia or, 
you go to Argentina or you go to a nation where you're not familiar with the culture or the language. You know, we took a trip to Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, my pastor was doing a teenage uh concert crusade uh and he asked me if i'd travel with him and man i jumped at the chance because you know at first it was an honor to be able to travel with my pastor but the second i really wanted to do some missions work in indonesia so i went to indonesia we spent a week uh, maybe 10 days there and it's an incredible country it's a beautiful nation uh lots of lots of uh tourists there but there's you know hundreds of how many 200 million people there it's a it's one of the biggest countries in the world i forget how many uh and it's predominantly muslim uh but it's uh a, it's quasi democracy so we're there we're preaching freely pastor does this big crusade you know, he, he does a concert kids are getting saved this is an amazing week there uh, the last two days we were there, uh, our host, and they put us up in this really nice uh, house because most of our host families were uh, uh, expats. They were, they were Americans living in Indonesia working, so they were very wealthy. So they rented us a house, and it was, it was, it was a mansion. You know, you know, it was marble floors and had a, uh, you know, just everything, all the, uh, all the amenities. So we were living in this beautiful uh, place, preaching the gospel, being treated like you know, family. Uh, our last day, they said, hey, you want to go shopping? I'm not much of a shopper, but Pastor wanted to go shopping. He said, I really want to get some souvenirs. So we went to this mall, and it was a mall as big as a city block. It was massive, and there was an underground parking. Uh, so we were in the van that belonged to one of the families, uh, and they drove us to the mall. They paid for parking, and uh, we had all of our luggage there because we were leaving the next morning, so we had packed up. Uh, and the driver said, leave your luggage in the car, and the security guard will pay him extra to stand by the car, and he'll watch your luggage, because we could be gone for hours. You don't want to drug your luggage around all over the place. Well, you know, I made a foolish decision. I was in charge of all of our travel documents. Um, I had our passports, our airplane tickets, uh, every, everything. And he said, just leave it in there. I should have never, and of course, I was early on in my ministry, never made that mistake again. Uh, I left him in the car. We came back five or six hours later. The security guard was gone. The windows in the van were gone. All of our luggage was gone. Uh, all of our travel documents were gone. And um, pastor turned around and said, you do have our passports. I said, well, they were in the luggage. <laughs> Uh, that was the last time I got to travel with him, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, what, so we called the police. They came out and said, nothing we can do about it. It's gone. So uh, anyway, this was Thanksgiving, you know, in 1994 or something like that, 93, 94. Um, and he said, um, nothing we can do about it. So they took us back to our house and dropped us off. Well, the, the day coming was Sunday, and the pastor said, well, since you're not going home, um, you can preach at our church. So it was a church of about 5,000, and they had four, three or four locations. Uh, so they put pastor in the main uh, auditorium, which was a permanent building, and they put me in one of the campuses, which was a hotel ballroom with about 800 people. It was a pretty big church. You go preach there, and pastor's going to go to the main auditorium. We'll meet up for lunch. So they had a driver take me to uh, the hotel ballroom. So worship was done, and it was one of those amazing services where you like heaven opened up and the 
power of God fell. You felt the presence of Jesus. Even though I was I had no money, I had no travel documents, I had no passport, I had no identification. My whole world really was ended, you know, because we couldn't even leave the nation. But it was just that moment, just forget everything and worship God kind of a decision, which is always a really good choice. When you can do nothing else, just worship God and trust Him. So this is my, is my turn. So the pastor introduced me to preach, so I got out to preach. And I preached. I don't remember what, what the topic was. I preached passionately about the gospel. And, then the, and in the end, I gave an altar call for healing. And maybe 100 people came up for the altar call or so. Uh, and we prayed over every person. And the very last guy in the very back of the altar call uh, was standing there waiting for me. He didn't want any other pastors to pray for him. He wanted me to pray for him. And I got finished. I got walked up to him, and I noticed that he was dressed maybe like he was the groundskeeper, and he had a big bandage on his right hand where it had fresh blood still on it. He looked a little, you know, unkept. So I thought, okay, maybe he wandered in and maybe he just heard the service and wanted to give his life to Christ. So I looked him in the eye. I got his prayer request and I talked to him about giving his life to Jesus. He wanted me to pray for his family. So I prayed for him passionately, man. The Spirit just really fell on me. I prayed for him, prayed for healing for his hand. Uh, and when I was done, I just said, you know, great to meet you, and I pray that God does great things. And I walked away. They got in the car. They took me back to our house, and I'm thinking, well, this is over. You know, uh, I, then I, you know how you hit that, um, you know, the darkness after you have a high, like, oh, man, I'm still stuck in this country. I have no way home. I have no money. I have no identification. Uh, and pastor's mad at you yeah my pastor's <laughs> ticked at me to say the least is like doctor can't believe you lost not only your documents but mine well about two hours later a mercedes rolls up in front of our house which is wasn't uncommon because it's a very rich neighbor big brand new mercedes rolls up and they uh, the had a chauffeur the guy got out of the back seat and walked up our uh sidewalk to the front door i look out the window and i was like hey that's the gardener from the hotel that i just prayed for so he walked up to the door, he knocked on the door, opened it, and he said, hey, uh, I know you're stuck here. And he was very fluent in English. He said, I know you're stuck here, and I brought you some, uh, some movies to watch. And this is back when, you know, you had VCRs and, and movies. So he hit me a whole stack of movies. This will help you kind of kill the time. And I ordered you some pizza. I said, they're going to be delivering pizza in a few minutes. Uh, and here's some drinks. And, and uh, I want to just kind of get you, you know, comfortable. He said, because tomorrow I'm going to take you down to the American Embassy and to the Immigration Office, and we're going to get you new documents. I'm thinking, what kind of gardener has that kind of connection, man? He's going to get me in to see the, the ambassador, and I'm going to get to go into the uh, into immigration. He said, I'm going to get your documents restored. It, it, it normally takes months. I'm going to get it done this week. Uh, well, I found out later that he owned a chain of pizza restaurants across the nation. He owned, and if I said the name of the pizza corporation, you would know it. He owned every uh, pizza franchise in the country. He was worth millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. And the next morning, uh, he came and got me in his Mercedes. And man, I'm like, I have never been chauffeured in a Mercedes in my life, you know. So I'm going, he, everywhere he went, they opened the door for him. We went into immigration. He went right up to the top guy, you know. And the guy came in his day off and gave us our documents. But what my point of the story is this, is that even when it seems like everything's falling apart and like your plans didn't work out, that just may be 
exactly where God wants you to be. Because had we stayed home from church that day, had I not preached passionately about Christ, had I not prayed for this gardener who looked like he was out of place, none of that would have happened. Stay home when everybody else cancels on you. Exactly. If you stay home when everybody else cancels or when you do what you feel like you really want to do, you know, sometimes you miss out on probably the best part of the whole trip. And, man, that's what I think happens in every outreach and in every, whether it's local or foreign, you know, God's moving in ways you didn't plan, you know. So that's some of our stories that we didn't get to tell last Sunday. So I'm hope. I'm hoping that you enjoyed uh, hearing from Pastor Luis and Pastor Al. I hope you are inspired about the Great Commission. You know, I hope you get connected at Journey. If you are listening and you live close by Slido, Louisiana, come visit us on Sunday morning. Uh, You can go to journeyfellowshipchurch.com for travel directions, more information about us. Better yet, go to your app store and type Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar and download our app. It's free. You can download it to your smart device. It's loaded with information about Journey Fellowship Church. There's past message series. Uh, there's other editions uh, of the podcast you can watch. There's other resources available to build your faith, how to get connected, how to find a small group. Lots of stuff right from the Journey app. And download it today. We would love to be able to connect with you personally, though. So come visit us Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, in Slido, Louisiana. So Pastor Luis, Pastor Al, it's been a fun, fun day to hear your great stories and hope you'll join us again for stories I didn't get to tell last Sunday. So we're out.